From the iHeartRadio studios in New York City, come two diehard fans of the greatest rock and roll band hailing from Hollywood, California. Dissecting all things Guns N' Roses and anything else in their distorted minds, it's Brando and Scotto. And this is Appetite for Distortion. So I don't need to really do anything spiffy. I usually say, uh, and welcome to the podcast. You know, like welcome to the jungle. It's hilarious because it's a Guns N' Roses podcast. You know, (laughs) Appetite for Distortion, Destruction. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, I know you get it. Why am I explaining myself? <laughs> uh, it is Brando somewhat solo today, but not really, because my guests are going to be my guest slash co-host today. Yes. And this is awesome, actually. This I've Thank n- you for having us. So that's Paolo. Yes, Paolo. Now I see you in person because we follow each other on Twitter, so yeah. we're BFFs, right? Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's modern day best friends. <laughs> I, I actually still think I have your cell phone from like way back. Yeah. I don't use it for anything. Paula hasn't changed his number in years. Yeah, yeah. All right. Definitely well, the same one. All right. Yeah. Good to know. And the other <laughs> voice, Corey. Yes. From Trivium. I don't want to go even try to pronounce your last names because yeah, it's... It, no one really tries. No one needs to know that. Yeah. You don't care? You oh, got... you. <laughs> oh, you. So actually, um, I'll break a lot of fourth walls here because uh, that's kind of what we do. I mean, of course, it's all about guns and roses and, you know, the news that's been breaking, but... Uh, I was just researching about people who to interview, and just like Corey's name came up because you did. It was like a, a an article that came out a few years ago that you cited Guns N' Roses as a yeah, as a huge um, influence. I've actually multiple times when throughout the years, uh, from when we first started out till even now, like when people ask me about guitar or about how I got into music or this, you know, getting especially hard rock or heavy metal, like how I I get into that. And it was all from Guns N' Roses, and Slash was the, my first, the first guitar player that made me think about wanting to pick up a guitar. My first guitar I got was a, a Les Paul copy. Is that why you have a nose ring too? Because Slash has one. Uh, no, I didn't think about that. Oh, okay. Brought well, it up. Now I'm gonna but, make you self conscious. Okay. But yeah, it's like <laughs> when I was a kid growing up. Obviously, like a lot of other people, having an older sister and parents, you kind of that's how you're introduced to a lot of music. How old are you guys, by the way? I'm 33. I just turned 32, like few days ago i'm the old piece of shit in the room i just turned 34 okay on september 8th so all right <laughs> you youngins continue god i feel terrible about myself yeah right so now. it's like i had older sister and parents that they would always be playing music and you know the kind of stuff that they were listening to back in like the early 90s when i was like a little kid mm. you know my sister was like the big mariah carey record that came out <laughs> mc hammery can't touch this was like oh. the big record and it was just like music never was really anything that really caught my attention and then um Obviously, with the Terminator 2 soundtrack, yes. you, you could be mine. It was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And then at, just at a, you know, you know, chance, because, you know, obviously when Use Your Illusions records came out, they were so massive. Everyone heard about it. You know, everyone heard a song that my mom bought Use Your Illusions 2 on CD. And my, I guess my parents didn't like it. They just kind of had it off to the side. And I was just kind of looking at it and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then I, why know, two? Not, why not the double? I'm not, or... I'm not sure why. They, <laughs> just, they just bought one just because a friend recommended to it, but that's obviously wasn't right. their, their that's couple. a debate. Which one do you prefer? But I, I know, it's like my parents, choice. I my can't parents would be listening to like Eric Clapton Unplugged or Jimmy Buffett. So GNR <laughs> Usual Illusions was not their cup of tea, but I kind of popped it in and just instantly kind of just, you know, just hit me. And I was like, wow, this is fucking rad as shit. 
And so I just went out like with allowance money and like for a couple of years, the only band I knew of and the only thing in my CD collection was just the Guns N' Roses catalog. That's all I listened to. I love it. That's Sounds all, like me. That's did all you I ever, knew. Did you ever buy the Terminator 2 I didn't. Soundtrack? I didn't buy the, our, it's like I kind of just like, you know, with my parents yeah. having Usual Illusions 2, it just, I just kind of inherited it. I just took mm-hmm. it from them without asking. It just became like the first CD I had in my possession was 2. And then I can't remember the order I went, but I, you know, I obviously bought all the other ones. And then eventually I got old enough and I wanted to play guitar and I ordered a guitar from a musician's friend catalog. And it was supposed to be, it was like a $180 guitar and it was a Epiphone SG. So it looked like, you know, like Angus Young guitar, but they messed up the order and they sent me an Epiphone Les Paul standard. So I was fucking stoked as shit because I was like, dude, it's like Slash's guitar. So. It was you like didn't buy a top hat, too. Yeah, I never bought a top hat. But, <laughs> oh, uh, come on. But, I mean, DJ Ashwell had a top hat, and he was in the band. You gotta have a top yeah. hat. But, uh, yeah, it's like, you know, pretty much everything from getting me into music, the whole, like, for guitar and just hard rock, heavy metal in general, everything, you know, it just, you know, Guns N' Roses was a seed, and then it just grew from there. So they're my my starting point. But that's interesting. You started at User Illusion 2. You didn't hear, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you heard Welcome and Sweet Child on the radio, but that wasn't your first mm-hmm. record? No, I, I don't think I'd ever heard any Guns N' Roses songs because Appetite came out as like you know four or something. Yeah, yeah so no, I mean like, me too. But you but know, it's you... like you know, I didn't you know I didn't really listen to the radio and because my back then it was like my, whenever they'd drive around, my sister or my parents would have like cassette tape mixtapes or something. So <laughs> okay, and where I where I grew up, there wasn't really any, like a whole lot of like rock radio or anything. Where did so, you grow up? In the middle of nowhere in Maine. Oh, okay. So it wasn't until I was probably like about fifteen or sixteen that I there was like an actual like like rock station and up that reached up where I was where you could actually hear like Metallica and when they had like the, the remember the mandatory Metallica yeah, yeah. like Luke mandatory Brutus, Metallica a radio cliche staple yeah. I love it so many stations do that yeah so that's like and then eventually that's like how you know with friends recommending stuff you know when I first got heard radio you know I'd call and request like you know trying to hear like you know whatever. Metallica or Megadeth song or, or whatever, just because, you know, you didn't really have the internet. Yeah. You know, define stuff is like you do now. So it was kind of like I would hear like a, a Megadeth song, like the new single, and then I'd just sit there and wait with a cassette mm-hmm. ready to record. So it was, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just cool, you know. Uh, and I do, used to do the same thing, by the way, with Simpsons episodes, record them off <laughs> the TV with my cassette. That's cool. Probably should have kept that thought to myself, but yeah. it just made me think of that. Uh, th- then I, I want us to take a, a few steps back since you're from Maine. I know you guys were from uh, South Florida. Yeah. And before we go into more, you know, trivia, I mean, your new uh, new records coming out October October twentieth, right? Yeah. See, all right, see, I knew. Yeah. I was I'm somewhat prepared. Uh, that we were going to do the interview possibly last week, mm-hmm. but then that pesky Irma, yeah, that, that messed bitch, everything up. She uh, she showed up. So how are you guys doing? Like, uh, how did your your homes were they affected? Thank- Thankfully, um. It shifted westward, which was really terrible for the Keys. They're having a lot of problems down there. And the West Coast definitely got hit worse. But for me, I live in South Florida, close to Miami. So we were originally going to get a pretty direct hit, Mm -hmm. and it shifted. So thankfully, it was just gusts of hurricane winds. My mom's car did get the window smashed out in the back from a tree. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was like the worst She wasn't in it, though. No, 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 no. Okay, good. Thankfully. That was the worst of it. And then... The power going out for like 10 million people. That was kind of, that was really bad because, I mean, it it got down to like, it was like 97 degrees one day. And so I was really worried about like, you know, animals and like older people. And we had, you know, like the nursing home had that horrible uh, tragedy happen there. And then 
ended up getting power back, losing it, having to go find a hotel last minute to like take my cat and my uh-huh. parents. We all went to a place just to like get out of the heat for a few days. It was a uh, just. It wasn't like, you know, it could have been a lot worse when you look at the islands and how bad it was. Mm-hmm. We were just like, well, thankfully it wasn't like that. You know, we can deal with the, the power issues. But still, I mean, it was the same thing for me with uh, Superstorm Sandy. Yeah, we always yeah, have yeah. to make thing, b- things bigger here in New York. Yeah. Superstorm Sandy. So, I mean, nothing. It was terrible, but the power outages. Yeah. You know, going back to the Game Boy. But I'm glad your cat's okay because yeah. you're always tweeting. I know. Uh, him or her? Forgive me. Uh, forgive him. Me. Mr. Him. Brown. He's a very handsome boy. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he he was definitely not feeling the traveling around. We had to keep moving. So uh, he's good. He's glad to be back in his uh, his condo down by the beach. <laughs> back the I'm parents. sure that cat lives a very pristine life. Yeah, yeah, very precise uh, schedule. <laughs> I love it. So then, how did you all meet? Because you know you're coming from uh, Maine. I'm talking. About, I, I, it's radio. I'm pointing to Corey. Uh, so then, how did you all in trivia meet? Because it was the original is because Matt's not here. Yeah, it, it's pretty much like the the original band was like a three piece. It was Matt, Travis, our original drummer, Brent, who was the original bass player. Like the original, like classic trivium, like Amber right. to Inferno lineup. Right. And uh, I had played a couple shows with those guys, like randomly one in daytona when i was in my other my old band uh and one show in tampa that sun and steel fest i think you were in the band at that point that festival was terrible yeah it was terrible <laughs> okay. uh but uh any reason why i'm just curious it was just, just it was, poorly yeah. poorly run uh yeah it, it was bad <laughs> was it run by ja rule no, no, no okay. but it, it, luckily Topical, sorry. yeah yeah nothing like that bad but i mean okay <laughs> it was just not well done uh but we kind of just kept in touch and I like had graduated high school and I think it was like literally the perfect timing. They had lost Brent as a bass player. He didn't want to tour. Fill in didn't work out. And I was like, Hey, I'm definitely down to go out and tour. I'm kind of done with my band I've been doing for six years. And instead of going to college right away, you know, I put that off and maybe come out and do some touring. And it was like, just, totally the perfect you were uh, like when we first met you like uh you were recording like a demo with Sukoff. I yeah i did i was doing a demo with sukoff and, and i was like pretty much by, by myself and hmm. like but uh, yeah it was just like perfect timing and and i think the same thing with Corey he came down yeah and, i moved down to uh central florida to go to full sail i don't know if anyone what is full, full sale that big uh it's like a recording you, know, you do video. recording oh, okay. and video and animation it's like a, now like it's a, huge it's yeah. like you say massive. full sale to a jew and i'm just thinking other things sorry yeah, you think, like, i don't know Cat. but uh yeah it's a, those uh, coupons sorry it's pretty much just like a kind of like a entertainment tech school like you know getting film okay. audio recording video game development and stuff but uh oh nice i went down there for because I always wanted to play in a band, but up, up where I live, there wasn't really any opportunity mm. to find people or to really play anywhere because there was nowhere to play. So <laughs> um, I was like, oh, I got to find something else to do. But I was like, I want to do something music. So I went to school for recording. And it just happened that, you know, a week after I got down there, there was a band I knew from up north who was playing a club like around the corner. And I was like, oh, let's go to the go to the show. And there was just them with like a bunch of Orlando local bands and Trivium ended up being one of the bands and I was at the bar just kind of like wow this band's really fucking cool and the person standing next to me was Matt's dad <laughs> so he started talking to me and and just kind of exchanging you know just kind of talked about the band and whatever and then uh, they played actually did like a this thing Full Sail used to do like for their 
people who wanted to get into the, the live side of music with like learning how to like do lighting rigs and PA systems. And they have a whole thing where bands could come in and play. And then the students can kind of like simulate like what it's like to like work in like a live. That's kind of cool. Live entertainment That's environment. Really cool. But since I went to school there, I just kind of like I popped over and just kind of watched and hung out. And, and Matt and I would see each other at shows over the course of a year. And then right before I was supposed to graduate, their website <clears throat> said they're, you know, being a three piece, you know, they're looking for a second guitar player. So I was like, all right, and I hit him up and then we went and jammed and went jam with the band. And then that was, that was about it. You know, it was, I think I was like the second person to audition and then it was, that was about it. So they just um, knew. Yeah. You guys just knew. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's then like Paul, Paul how and, anything, or that's how like all these sort of things seem to work out. It's just like the right opportunity kind of just, it brings everyone together and you just know right away when it's like the right fit. I mean, I remember like some of the first rehearsals I did with the band. It just felt like this is what I should have been doing for all these years. But, you know, it's like you go through a lot of lineups of like bands and stuff. And you, as a local band, you just kind of, you know how it, the experience is. It's just like frustrating. Like, ah, why is it not clicking? Why is it not working? And then when it finally does, you're just like, you know. See, that's something that we talk about a lot, of course, here on the, on the podcast. You can cough into the mic. It's fine. Oh. <laughs> I mean, Howard Stern does it, right? Yeah. He makes money. I don't. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, then we talk about the lineup changes. You know, what's the the classic lineup of Guns N' Roses? And mm-hmm. we've delved really deep as far as, you know, Oleg Block and, and Tracy Guns. And yeah. we was found out uh, recently, we did the first interview with uh, Raz Q, who was the first manager for L.A. Guns. It's an amazing story. Paralyzed at 15, managing L.A. Guns at, at uh, 19. And he's like, who is this Axel guy? Who yeah. was like, Rose was the band breaking up. And he's like, and he was branding L.A. Guns. He's like, how about we get Axel for L.A. Guns? So for five or six shows, Axel Rose was the first lead singer of L.A. Guns. So that's the, you know, quote, original L.A. Guns. So what do you, because you just changed drummers last year? Yeah. Is is this the first new record with him? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. With Alex. Uh, It was the same thing, though. It's like, you know, when we've had the different changes, it's like, it's passable for a bit, but then like just things don't seem to work. And then, like, getting a guy like Alex in, it's the exact same thing. It's like, you know right away. You don't want to mm-hmm. jump the gun because you, you never know how things are going to work out long term and in the end. But it's like, when it works, when it's right, when it's the right fit, it's just like, it seems to always be, you just know right away, playing-wise, personality-wise, it just seems to work out like that. Do you get fans coming up to you now about, you know, the because the, you mentioned it before, the classic lineup for yeah. those records. Do you have to, or, or fans just... They just like the sound because I've been listening to your whole discography. Yeah, I mean it's some of the best guitar work in the last decade. Thank you. I I mean I I think now it's like since yeah. the three of us have been kind of like the mainstays the whole time, right? Like a lot of times, like people because you look at Metallica, they it's mention, the same thing. They yeah. mention certain records, like you know, obviously, like when people at a certain age, like maybe like their first record they heard when they were like fourteen was a sentency, and that always holds a special place in their heart, right? But then there's other people who are like. My first record I ever heard from you was in Waves or Shogun. So each people have like a different like reasoning or different point in their life why why it makes certain records like their favorite. But it's like I think now it's like since we've been kind of like on all the records and, you know, we've had different drummers on different stuff. It's like I think now it's like a lot of people, they don't really like necessarily like go to that. Like, like oh, this record, I like it. And then this the, – the, the reason – you know, this is my favorite record, so he's obviously my favorite drummer. Right. And it's you, like, I think now it's just kind of like, it's, it's not quite as, like, divided on just, like, being, like, so, like, just because uh, I love these records, 
he's the best drummer we've ever had and mm-hmm. then this these guys don't matter or whatever. So I think now it's just like people just kind of look at the catalog as just trivium and not necessarily breaking it up into who was the other if you guy. you play the songs band. people want to hear like from those records and they sound right and they sound the way they want to hear them, I think people are totally cool with it. I mean, I feel like that's with the, the Guns N' Roses tour right now. It's like, of course, it's not exactly the classic lineup, but it's like a great band, the core guys, and they're playing the songs that everyone wants to hear. And I think that's kind of, that wins at the end of the day, especially with touring. So what did you think when it was, as D. Snyder said, Roses and Roses, when it was Axel and Company with Buckethead or well, actually, I Bumblefoot? A, I actually have a, a pretty good story for this. Um, back probably like 2011, I'd never seen Guns N' Roses. A little closer to the oh, mic. I'd never seen Guns N' Roses. Worry, it's, it's not a wiener. It's just a microphone. <laughs> I've never seen Guns N' Roses <laughs> in concert. Um, maybe at a, like a, I saw them briefly for a second at a, a European festival, but it was so hard to watch because it's like 80,000 people that it's not really, it's kind of like, ah. But they actually came through, they did a tour, and the first date of the tour was in Orlando, and it was at the, the new Orlando Magic Arena. Okay. It's like just got built like, Pretty soon, like, I don't think there really was a whole lot going on. So I'd never been there. And I was like, wow, it's like Guns N' Roses. And uh, I had a friend. It was the old band. So it was, I had a friend who was, who was, uh, who was buddies with uh, one of the dudes who was in the, in the band prior. So he got me hooked up with tickets. And it, so I went to the show. And it was, and obviously it was like at the uh, Axel showing up like two hours late. Mm. They played till like three in the morning past <laughs> curfew because they didn't, st- like, Buck Cherry finished. And then Guns N' Roses didn't start for like two hours. And, ah, the, but, the days of Axel. But the 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 great thing about it, because a lot of people like you'd hear people complain about maybe they didn't sound as good or his voice was tired. I lucked out because like my first like full concert experience mm. it was the first show of the tour. So he was like he had no wear and tear, no fatigue from any other shows. So he came out and I was just like, whoa, he sounds on fire. Like it was like it was it was amazing. And what year was this? Probably like 2011. Okay. So it was a Chinese democracy tour, and that was back with like you know, uh, was I think DJ that was Jay Ashbo was playing and Bumblefoot, they, right? Uh, Bumblefoot, Tommy Stinson was still in it. Yep, believe so. Um, and it, then I think you know uh, Frank R- R- Richard. Oh, Richard Fortas. Yeah, he's, he's still in the band. Yeah, yeah, he's still playing. He was with them, and then obviously the same drummer, and then uh, Dizzy. It was kind of yeah. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I thought I thought they you know for being like a diehard and that being like my my first favorite band, even though like Slash who was like the man. And on guitar, but I thought like the band, like they sounded great. They they, they did justice to all the material, and and Axel, luckily for me, you know, he sounded on like the whole show. So I was I was I walked away, even though it was like late as shit, like <laughs> three o'clock in the morning. I was I was glad I went because it was a good great experience. See, that's that's interesting. That's your first show. Uh, you know, you got into the band primarily because of Slash. He's not in there, and mm-hmm. you left just enjoying it regardless. Yeah, yeah I, not, thought, I, thought, I mean, like, that's like a testament I know to the songs, though. It's, it's like I know all, good. like all the Slash's parts, like you know, all the guitar solos or like the melodies and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of listening, like, all right, all right, you got it, you got it. Like, I was like, <laughs> so I was like, because I, I know all that's those funny. songs so well that it was, I was like, all right, he he, he crushed that 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 part of that solo and stuff. So. I thought the band they, they did their homework and they they definitely they didn't half ass trying to play those songs. So it was I think you know people even though it was just Axel and friends, you know, I think a lot of people were still 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 digging it, you know. Paulo, have you ever seen uh, Guns N' Roses? No, I haven't. At, at all. I all I've seen was that the festival you was talking about Rock and okay. Rock and Rock and Ring. Uh I saw a couple songs. I mean, it sounded really killer. It was again it was just like super late. I think we had to leave to go to the next festival, but 
pretty much like all I've seen is like Slash doing his own solo uh, stuff with, with Miles with Kennedy. Miles Kennedy, which how was that incredible? I mean, they also played some Guns N' Roses song, and it was uh, I mean, yeah, Slash is such an iconic guitar player, and his sound, the look, and everything is just like one of those guys. Like, not many people have that where you know right away, like he doesn't even have to play a note, like you just know. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I haven't seen the uh, you know the not in this lifetime tour yet. But I went last summer but, at MetLife, and I'm going at MSG next yeah. month. Yeah, but seeing I've watched a lot of like YouTube videos, and there's some pretty like you know high quality videos, yeah. like, just the way they sound. And to me, I'm just like I think Slash is playing better than he's ever played. Yeah. Like hearing those songs, like he is just like slaying those songs, like just without a problem. And it's it's I definitely want to see it. They came through Orlando. Um, I think well that, that first summer they did the first big U.S. tour. They they played in Orlando, and I. You know, can't remember why, but I wasn't able to. Yeah, I think we were on tour. Same thing. Like they played Miami. I missed it by like a week. Like I wanted to go. It's just I want to know why they haven't called Trivium to be an opening act. I don't know because they're. I would definitely like because have you noticed what they've been doing with opening acts? It's always a different band, usually a hometown band where they're from. Well, I mean, if they let us play at least one show so we could see them, I'm down. (laughs) Even if no one likes us. I yeah. doubt that. I think oh, they got some weird people. They got a, I think in Texas, a Skrillex. Really? Yeah, I've Random. seen. I've seen. Even that. your PR person's looking at me like, what the? Yeah, I, Skrillex I, opened them for the. Yeah, I think um, I, I what's think it? I've Chris Gable? Uh, Chris Stapleton, the country. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. They had some really baby uh, metal. Eclectic. Yeah, I think uh, the uh, the Orlando uh, show. The I think they had Allison Chains. Yeah, yeah. that's actually that makes sense. That's a great. They had that's Allison a great opener. It was either Allison Chains or the Colt because I think they had yeah. like split those two off. It's crazy. Like you have to be like that big of a band to get an opener that big. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Lenny Kravitz last year. I was the yeah. opener. I'm like, I would have seen That's him in That's pretty cool. They took out the cult though. Wasn't that like their first tour in the States? Well, Guns Matt Roses? Sorum, they, they yeah. took Matt Sorum from the cult. Yeah. yeah. Back that was their first like arena tour. I think I was listening to like a, like a Duff interview not long ago. Oh, I think yeah. you were saying that. Oh, yeah, I think he was on with uh, Jericho. Yeah, I was listening. Jericho's bigger than me. That's why we don't get Duff. I mean, Trivium <laughs> is just as good, but we don't get Duff. Not just yeah, not I re- you read? did you read his book? Duff's? Duff's? No, I watched a documentary. That was really good. I liked his book a lot. Slash's book. I've read Slash's yeah. book. Me too. We had uh, Anthony Boza on as well, the uh, the co-author. Or I should say Slash is just telling him, Yeah, hey, yeah. here's my what I remember. Make yeah. sense of it all. I just got- uh, Fill in the blanks. He played, he played in Holland, and this, uh, this dude who- uh, Used to work at Roadrunner years back. He, uh, you know, works at this book publishing company, and they actually just came out with like the official like autobiography of Guns N' Roses, and he gave me a gave the me a official. Book I think so. Yeah. Ah, uh, well, <laughs> well, when it's Guns N' Roses, I don't know. We'll see. Like they're the same ones that did like the Bad Brains book. Okay. Um, and a couple other newer uh, yeah. like biography books and stuff. And hmm. uh, right. he gave it to me, and he was like, "I guess it's been getting like rave reviews." And I I have it at home, but I haven't. Haven't, What's like, it called again? I can't remember, but uh, I, I, it's sitting at my house. But it's like that probably you know be a good. Made, that'd be a good name for a rock like book, though. Like I can't remember, just being like you're so blacked <laughs> out. <laughs> well, it's like they made that uh, like a book about the bad brains, and then they made like the, the like it was on Netflix or Amazon, like a like a documentary mm-hmm. of it. It's like the same, I guess, the same company, same people who did that did a, a book about Guns N' Roses. So I guess it's, I guess it's supposed to be like legit. 
but I haven't started it. But, All right, because um, that's definitely a topic of discussion a yeah. lot. What's uh, real, what's, what's not real? real? Yeah, Because uh, you guys probably deal with rumors all the time. Yeah. What, I mean, what's the crazy? Because I know time is limited for you guys here, and I thank you for coming down. Yeah. Uh, so what's the craziest rumor, though, about you guys? Wow. Um, remember, remember back during ascendancy, like someone in the UK actually put out like oh, the unauthorized yeah. biography. Maximum, trivium? it was max the maximum trivium. It was like an thing. like an autobiography book. Like they interviewed everyone like who wasn't involved with like the band. Like it was like people who were like way back in the we, day. We literally like, only had one album. Out. Yeah, it's, it's like, like what we're is like, there nine, to, we're like, like nineteen. <laughs> we're like what's what's their like the purpose? I of think because uh, I remember they used to do those. They did that for like. My Chemical Romance and a bunch of different bands. And like at that moment, we had just blown up so quickly in the UK that they're like, well, this band doesn't really have much of a history, but I guess we can just put their name on something and maybe sell. Unreal. To use <laughs> your sense. name to make money. Yeah. I mean, I was like, it's kind of one of those things where like it's flattering that someone would think like you're worth. But the funny thing that, is, they didn't cool. interview anyone that had really yeah. any information that was worth it. That's usually what happens in these yeah. Guns N' Roses books. Yeah. So I, yeah. our buddy, I uh, love when yeah. like the band guys will either do it themselves or like actually commission like someone to do like an official thing, like the uh, you know with Metallica, like the official Master Puppets book that sure. they put out last year and stuff like that. Just so you know that it's like coming, it's sanctioned by the band, and like this information is more legit. You yeah, know, and you can have access to like those guys actually talking about it. But I I love the Duff book because what's always interesting to me about rock books, it's not like when it's like really high, riding high. It's like what happens kind of after things kind of just implode, and like how those guys kind of like navigate that period of time because it's like that's the part that like most people don't know I think, about. I think I think this is the book. It's called Last of the Giants. The Last true, of the Giants: The True Story of Guns and Roses. I'm sure our buddy John Miller, who's working on a yeah. documentary about a young Axl Rose, or uh, our friend uh, Art Tavana from Ellie Weekly, or used to be in Ellie Weekly, the, the he's cover, writing a GNR book. Really? Yeah, the cover oh. looks vaguely familiar from just glancing right. at it when I got Maybe it. This but. will be the next episode of yeah. the AFD show. We'll see. Um, I don't want to end on this because I mean it's just something I was just thinking of because you're mentioning authorized things, and and you guys are young, and you're seeing. You mentioned how you blew up in the UK. Yeah. I'm, I'm like organizing my thoughts because I know where, where I want to go with this. Here in America, we're, we've been dealing with just like rock hurting in general. Yeah. But we've had some of our icons pass away yeah. in sometimes natural causes, sometimes really not natural causes. So is there a message you're trying to get that out there to, to your fans? Because you have a lot of young fans <laughs> just like Linkin Park. Yeah. Uh, so it's, I just want to get your thoughts on that. I mean, yeah, I mean, that was shocking. I mean, both Linkin Park. And Chester and Chris Cornell, yeah. I mean, both guys, like, really, you know, still in the prime of their talents and, and abilities. And, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's shocking, but I think uh, all you can say to people is that no matter how much money, how much fame, who you are, like, those sort of issues can follow you and, and, and affect you and, you know, if you're feeling that way, definitely speak to your friends, speak to your family, speak up. And if you're a friend and you notice someone's having trouble, you know, be there for them and, and reach out to them. And I mean, for us as a band, like when people reach out to us about like some of their own struggles, like it, that's always such a that always reminds me how much of a responsibility we have as a band to take it serious and that people use our music to help themselves through issues and that, you know, we need to always be on our best and always be looking out for people and our fans. And we've always tried to do that. And anytime, you know, someone reaches out to us about something, you know, try to give them some 
the guidance the best we can and, and you know, help them with our music if possible. That's what we talk about here, the music, in addition to Guns N' Roses, helping us. Uh, and I'm glad you answered that, Paolo, because you're an awesome follow on, on oh, thank you. again, on, <laughs> on Twitter, because you're very insightful, in addition to the cats, and, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. and I like your anti-Trump stuff as well, who's <laughs> fucking up the city this week. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll let you go there. I'll let you guys go there. So it's uh, Paolo, <laughs> I can't pronounce your last name. What's your Twitter handle? It's Trivium Paolo, P-A-O-L-O. Okay. And Corey's? Corey Trivium. You guys yeah. are. It's a brilliant. yeah. It's a brilliant. See, mine is Bell Biv Brando. Okay, I'm trying to be <laughs> creative. I also have a chemical imbalance. Uh, so the <laughs> the name of the new record though that's coming out in October. It's 20th. the sin in the sentence. You guys like awesome like titles for albums. Yeah. Uh, always like such a very <laughs> in, insightful lyrics. Like it's, it's missing in today's rock. So that's why I'm, we're hoping if we hear new Guns N' Roses music, yeah. it's going to go along that kind of same path because there's a lack of trivium in today's music. Yeah, I mean, um, well, I really hope they put out some stuff. I mean, the, the new Slash stuff was great, so I feel like those guys, I'm sure it's probably inspiring to play stadiums every night. So uh, <laughs> if, if you need some uh, inspiration, that's probably a good way to get back into the groove of things. But in the meantime, like, you know, people looking for some uh, guitar-oriented music while you wait for new Guns N' Roses, definitely check us out. <laughs> it's all, I don't even want to go through the list of kinds of metal you guys are considered. Yeah, we're really weird. eclectic. I mean, obviously, we have extreme stuff. We have a lot of melody. But it's like, for us, you know, we've grown up with uh, so much music. I mean, pretty much before I even really got into metal, it's like all I was listening to was like classic rock radio. So it's like you're just so exposed to so much stuff, and you, you don't realize like how ingrained that, Is that sort of melody. Is that why you covered R.E.M.? Uh, I mean, definitely. I mean, that's definitely a song that from probably the Great time cover. I started turning... The radio we, dial on. I mean, like that's a song you've been hearing for years at that point. And we've we've jammed, like not not like like we actually tried like some different covers, but just from just I guess our our variety of knowledge for for music and stuff, we've jammed everything from you know like early Judas Priest like in the jam room to like Slayer to what else we've like played like Morbid Angel. Yeah, Morbid yeah. Angel. Um, yeah. It's like we've we've jammed all these different songs, even like classic rock songs. Like I think at one point, like maybe way back, like ten years ago, something like Matt wanted to do like like a Boston cover. <laughs> okay, and then uh, yeah, and then this new record, we did some covers that I think people are really gonna like. Just be, well, I would never expect them to do a cover of that. And we just thought it was fun because they're awesome songs that we like. You know, we're fans of that. We're just like, yeah, it's like, you know. People wouldn't expect us to play the, this band or the, this cover, but it's like it's fun and it, you know, kind of shows a different side and, and hopefully exposes some of our younger fans to some really killer bands that they might not have known of or really been maybe exposed to in another way. So Absolutely. And I'm going to lead the Trivium opening up for Guns N' Roses. Yeah. So yeah. if you want to get Axel's attention, cover something off Chinese Democracy <laughs> or maybe Charles Manson because he likes Charles Manson. Well, I do have a picture on my laptop of Slash on stage yeah. with a Trivium show. Yeah, yeah, he did. That was pretty, okay. pretty badass. Okay. All yeah. right. So he knows us. Actually, wasn't it at, <laughs> at, at Hellfest, didn't he have? Didn't that where I we think, gave it to him? I think so. Scott uh, Scott Uchida, yeah. I think he's a friend of ours who's done a lot of work with Slash, like photography and stuff, and uh, he's kind of like our, I guess, our gateway in yeah. between. But uh, he he's heard about us for years, and uh, I guess hearing from other people, I heard Slash, you know, likes 
likes our band, likes likes our music and stuff. Yeah. But, what else uh, do you need? You can't have a higher go- compliment than that. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I don't think he would wear a shirt on stage if he if he thought we sucked. <laughs> so that, yeah, the band sucks, but I like the shirt. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very true. So I'll let you guys go, Corey Paulo. Thank you so much for thank coming. Thank you very in. much. You know, because um, you guys are just doing press this week, or yeah, we're or, here all week doing press, talking about the new record and taking uh, pictures and, and tour dates. Oh, I'm gonna get a picture as soon as we're done. Don't, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm also a, a teeny bopper. Paul is in New York doing political correspondence for the uh, the summit. Yeah, I'm gonna go uh, hang out with Trump in his tower. <laughs> oh my God! Now we can do this on another podcast. Talk <laughs> it's like, about Trump. It's, it's like the it's like the Dave Mustaine rock the vote. From oh yeah, day. yeah. You're just like covering the 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 sent the summit. Yeah, <laughs> where is that? Is that like right in the middle of the town here? The UN? Yeah, yeah. yeah everything's why. blocked off. It's it's, it's yeah. We insane. were trying to we bomb squads, dogs everywhere. We it's were like, trying to walk to a restaurant yesterday, and they kept like it was like shutting down the road. And we're like, all right, well, we got to go this way, and then like shut down that part of the road. Yep. <laughs> it's horrendous. Yeah. So I'll let you guys uh, get out of here. Yeah, Thank you to, to the lovely Maria for setting this up from uh, Roadrunner Records. Thank you. And it's a uh, trivium dot com, right? Anything dot uh, org. That's why I asked. You... Yes. And Trivium Official is our Trivium Twitter account. And Trivium Band is the Instagram. And then we're on Facebook and all that good stuff. Awesome. Thank you so much. Again, this is Brando, Appetite for Distortion. As far as the next episode, when is it going to happen? Well, in the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, I don't know if soon is the word, but you'll see it. You've been listening to the distorted minds of Brando and Scotto. Dissecting all things Guns N' Roses on Appetite for Distortion. Follow the guys on Twitter at The AFD Show and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The AFD Show. Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home.